Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. It's Ali Stuckey, your host. This is a podcast of CRTV. Of course, you can go to crtv.com slash Ali and listen, or actually you can watch. You can listen right here, iTunes, Spotify, Omni, wherever you get your podcast, but you should definitely subscribe uh, because it's awesome to get to watch me and not just listen to me. Okay, so today I know I promised you at one point that I was going to um, talk about a post by popular Christian blogger, author, Jen Hatmaker. I'm going to do that on Thursday. Today, we have an even more fun show for you. I'm going to talk to Graham Allen of Rant Nation. He is another talent at CRTV. Um, We're going to talk about Kavanaugh and uh, all of these insane allegations that are coming out against him and the character assassination that he is enduring. Um, And we're going to talk about what it's like to have to think about living our are living, raising our sons um, and, you know, my future kids. I don't have kids yet, but raising kids in a time where uh, men are not to be believed and accusers and women are believed unconditionally and just kind of uh, the the scariness and, and the danger of that. So we're going to get his insight. But just to kind of give you an update on where things are, um, there have been uh, there's another allegation that came out about Kavanaugh that was reported by Ronan Farrow. I'm going to get into that a little bit more when I actually talk to Graham. Um, and then Michael Avenatti, you know him as the creepy porn lawyer. Um, he is the attorney for Stormy Daniel. He's coming out with these very vague allegations claiming that he has clients that have sexual assault claims um, against Kavanaugh. Again, there is no proof of this. We don't even know who his clients are. And apparently liberals, this is according to the Daily Caller, uh, liberals and and people uh, in Senate Democrats are kind of wanting to shut Michael Avenatti up because he is a sensationalist and he's not actually helping the case. He is actually making this seem again like this is just political theater. I mean, we already thought that it was political theater because Christine Blasey Ford uh, came out, to, you know, during this time, uh, during this hyper partisan time in order to change or to affect the confirmation of Kavanaugh. Why else would she have first come? to Dianne Feinstein when she did in July. And then why would Dianne Feinstein have waited until now unless it was just political theater? And then we have this second allegation that has come out by this woman with the last name of Ramirez. Apparently, she was found by journalists. She couldn't even remember if it was Kavanaugh that did what she then went on to say that uh, that he did. Um, And yet we're running with these stories anyway. So there's this narrative being crafted that he has this pattern of sexual abuse, of sexual harassment. And we just don't know if any of these claims are true. They have not been corroborated. And in fact, they've been denied or said that they can't be remembered by people who know all of the accusers and Brett Kavanaugh, in addition, of course, to all of the people who have vouched for his character over the past 35 years that he has been um, either in academia or in the professional world. It's just not believable. And you got to feel badly for his family. Um He went on Fox News last night on Monday night uh, with his wife, Ashley, to talk about these accusations. It's very rare, maybe completely unprecedented for a Supreme Court nominee to go on the offensive um, instead of just the defensive and to have a immediate interview and say these things did not happen. But that's what he had to do, because those are the times that we're living in. Um, and it really just broke my heart to to listen to them um, and their experience and having to deal with this. So here's a little excerpt from that. 
Michael Avenatti says uh, that he has significant evidence and another accuser who claims that you and Mark Judge at multiple house parties in the Washington, D.C. area during the 1980s would participate in the targeting of women with alcohol and drugs to allow a train of men to subsequently gang rape them. There are multiple witnesses that will corroborate these facts and each of them must be called to testify publicly. Did you ever participate in or were you ever aware of any gang rape that happened at a party that you attended? That's totally false and outrageous. Never done any such thing, known about any such thing. When I was in high school, uh, and I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, a Jesuit high school, where I was focused on academics and athletics, going to church every Sunday at Little Flower, uh, working on my service projects, and friendship. Friendship with my fellow classmates and friendship with girls from the local all-girls Catholic schools. And yes, there were parties. And the drinking age was 18. And yes, the seniors were legal and had beer there. And yes, people might have had too many beers on occasion. And people generally in high school, I think all all of us have probably done things we look back on in high school sure. and regret or cringe a bit, but I, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an allegation of sexual assault. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. I did not have sexual intercourse or anything close to sexual intercourse in high school or for many years thereafter. And the girls uh, from the schools I went to and I uh, were so friends. So you're saying that all through all these years that are in question, you were a virgin? That's correct. Never had sexual intercourse with anyone in high school? Correct. And through what years in college, since we're probing into your personal many life years, here? Many years after. I'll leave it at that. Many years after. And, and this, the, the people I went to high school with, uh, the girls and the boys, now men and women that I went to high school with, uh, you know, I was good friends with them, and we remain good friends. That's how 65 people on a moment's notice, 65 women, it's 220 people total, men and women, who knew me in high school. And I would say fair process, let me be heard, fair process, hear from both sides, and listen to me and the facts I've described, and listen to the people who've known me throughout my life, so that just, I mean, it just it makes me sad to think about his daughters. He coaches his daughter's basketball team. Um, you know, I've said this before. Of course, I wasn't there on either of these nights on, in which these uh, alleged events took place. I, I can't say for absolute certainty that they did not happen. But all I can do is look at the facts that are given me. That is all anyone can do. Um, and the facts just don't support this happening. They just don't. There is no one supplementing these women's voices by saying, you know, it kind of seems like he is the kind of guy that would do that. Or I did hear, a, I, I heard about this story or um, yeah, wow, Christine or this Ramirez lady talked about this a lot. Uh, this was clearly a big incident that happened back then. There's just there's there's no one doing that. There's no one to corroborate it. And in fact, there are people saying the opposite. So why would I believe these two voices of women that don't have any support for their allegations? Um, but apparently, apparently nowadays we are just supposed to unconditionally believe accusers. We are just supposed to unconditionally believe the people that come forward with allegations. Um, that's not the world in which I want to live. That is completely unjust, not to mention hypocritical by the people that are perpetuating that narrative. Um, last night on Twitter on a Monday night after the Ashley and Brett Kavanaugh uh, interview aired with Martha McCallum, of course, everyone on the left on Twitter was saying that Ashley Kavanaugh wasn't to be believed that she wasn't 
incredible uh, because she didn't know uh, Brett back when these allegations uh, apparently occurred. Um, and so I'm just confused. Like, are we supposed to believe all women or not? Or, oh, oh, got it. So we're only supposed to believe women that suit your agenda, that suit your narrative. It's not about believing all women, is it? No, it's not. And I've said this over and over again. The left, the Democrats do not actually care about Ford. They don't. They don't care about Ford. They don't care about these accusations. They care about stopping Kavanaugh and creating chaos going into the midterms to fuel the resistance. They are trying to manufacture a blue wave via outrage, via the worst allegations that you can make against someone. I guarantee you that there are many Democrats in the Senate who don't even believe these allegations themselves. Dianne Feinstein, the person that Ford actually uh, came to with these allegations, says she doesn't even know if all of them are truthful. And yet they're pushing them like they are. Why? Because it's useful for their agenda. That's it. And it is evil. You know, it's funny. You don't hear about these 30 year old accusations coming out against liberals. And it's not because they're better people than conservatives. It's because conservatives tend not always, but tend to not dig up three decades old allegations about a a drunken incident that may or may not have happened when you were in high school. I mean, Merrick Garland might have been stopped from being on the Supreme Court by Republicans, but we weren't talking about him maybe messing around with a girl when he was drunk at a party when he was 17 years old. Um, And I don't want us to stoop to that level, although I do think that we should maybe just make sure that Michael Avenatti, uh, that he's not some actual criminal because that guy's sketchy. That is a sketchy guy. And I think that someone should maybe just look into his background. It wouldn't even have to be 30 years ago. It could be like three years ago. Anyway, all of that said, that's where we are with this Kavanaugh stuff. I'm actually going to be at a rally for Kavanaugh on Thursday speaking. Uh, It's just it's crazy. It's firing me up. I want you to hear from Graham Allen's perspective um, and just kind of hear what he has to say about all of this. He's, uh, I think, an expert and just kind of uh, um, framing things in a way that's easy to understand and simple and also communicates, you know, biblical, practical values. So we're going to hear what he has to say about it. Grant, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, I'm glad to be here. So this is the first time that we've actually had a conversation, which is yeah. weird because I watch every single one of your videos and I feel like I know you and your <laughs> wife's videos, who is awesome, by the way. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be sure to tell her that you said that. No, she she's actually uh, the cool one in the relationship. Uh, I, I'm I'm not, so it's uh, it's interesting. Gotcha. It works like that, though. She's yeah. she's your better half. That's what you're supposed to say. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So before we get started, I want to talk to you about uh, Kavanaugh and uh, this whole idea of believing all women unconditionally. But first, will you tell people who don't know, although most of my audience probably does, um, just kind of who you are and, and what you do. And, and what your platform is about. Uh, yeah. So my name is Graham Allen. I uh, am a 12-year Army veteran that started this uh, video segment called The Daily Rants uh, about a year and a half ago now. And that started gaining a lot of popularity. And uh, it ended me up with talks with CRTV. And now we have the TV show uh, Rat Nation on CRTV, which is uh, making waves uh, good yes. and bad, uh, I would assume. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm just a guy uh, that just believes in pro-American values, pro-Second Amendment, pro-God, uh, you know, and I speak my mind about what I think. And uh, half the world loves me, I think, and the other half hates me. So, Which you is know. good. 
That's a, yeah, that's a good yeah, place which, to be. The The controversy is necessary. Um, why do you think that some of your video, one, first of all, your videos get tens of millions of views, every single one of them, which is so impressive. Um, but with that, like you said, comes the hate and comes the haters. Uh, what you said to me sounds so logical. It sounds patriotic. It sounds like traditional American values. Why do you think so many people hate you and what you say? I think that there is a very large amount of Americans now that view what's right as wrong. And and what I mean by that is a lot of times the right things are not always the easy things and it's not always the the self-gratifying things and and trying to live your life that the designated right way is sometimes hard and it's uncomfortable. And we live in a world where people only care about themselves. They only want their feelings to matter, their viewpoints to exist. Uh, I had a conversation with Mike the Cop the other day talking about religion, and, and we said, you know, everybody wants to promote their Jesus that they've created. Yes. Uh, nobody really wants to talk yeah. about, uh, you know, the real Jesus or, or the real God, and, and there's actually rules and regulations that come along with that. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where we live in our society now, unfortunately. Whatever feels good, whatever makes me most happy, that is what is true. There's no the truth anymore. It's your truth, Graham, and my truth, and no one can tell me any differently or else they're bigots. And I think that's a good point, that that's probably why a lot of people, um, they see you, they see me, and they say, oh, these people believe in an absolute truth, and that's just bigoted and intolerant and exclusive and wrong, not understanding that they believe in truth, too. Uh, yeah. They just uh, believe that that truth is more tolerant than mine. Um, right. So speaking of truth and speaking of facts, uh, this whole Kavanaugh thing, it seems to me like it's gotten completely out of hand. Now we have multiple accusations, none of them corroborated, none of them supplemented with any evidence whatsoever. And yet we have an entire side. It seems like millions and millions of people saying, oh, no, we need to believe these accusers. Despite the fact that we don't have any evidence, how the heck did we get here and why? What, what is going through these people's minds? Well, I had a, you know, I said something the other day and, you know, to, to answer your question, how did we get here? Well, I think you have to remember America has been in these situations before. You know, a, a thing called the Salem witch trials happened right. <laughs> and things where, where where there were no facts, there was no evidence. It was simply accusations that led to, you know, ruining or ending uh, people's lives. And, right. and, and, and it is no different. Some people will say, oh, well, that's an extreme thing you're throwing out there. Is it really? Is it really that different when, when, when you think about it? You know, uh, I want to I think I need to say this first and foremost, because I am a male. And so, you know, some of the biggest backlash that I get when speaking about the Me Too movement and, you know, sexual assault and rape claims and things is, well, I'm a man. And until you've been a woman, which no one's negating that women, unfortunately, you guys have to deal with things on a more regular basis than men have to, you know, and, 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 and no one is negating that. Right. And so I want to believe, I think you even said this. It, actually, I yeah. want to believe these these uh, people that are right. coming out as victims. I do, but you have to have you know rational thought 
in this. And you have to say, you know, the timing, the the amount of time between you know, when it supposedly happened and now, it, it just it, it doesn't make sense. And it, what the only thing that makes sense is this is a political move, and this is nothing more than a chess game to try to delay a confirmation, to try right, to totally. hold up hold up the process. And, you know, and it's the Me Too movement, I believe, may have been started with the right thing in mind to empower women yeah. to come forward. But what has happened is it's actually changed our culture to go guilty first until proven innocent instead right. of innocent until proven guilty. And now people are tried in the court of public opinion. They're not offered mm-hmm. due process, but their entire lives, their entire families, their entire entire livelihood, their careers are ruined, are stripped from them um, yeah. w- w- without any, not only without a, a jury, uh, not only without any due process, but also without any credibility. You know, it's one thing if uh, Kavanaugh, for example, had this series of very credible allegations, these eyewitnesses that said, yeah, I saw that happen. That was really bad. That was really sketchy. Or other character witnesses that could have said, you know what, Kavanaugh, is, uh, he is an abuser of women. I knew that about him. He's had that reputation. Or if there yeah. had been any other woman um, in the past 35 years who has worked with him, who has clerked for him and said, yeah, this guy is a harasser. But every single woman that has actually worked closely with him since he has been in the professional uh, political sphere has said, no, Kavanaugh treated me with dignity and with respect, with honor, just like he treated every man that I've ever worked with. I just have a hard time believing that this guy who is was apparently a predator in high school and college cleaned his act up really fast and has been able to manage a perfect life since then. It just doesn't make any sense. Yet what's happening? He's being dragged through the mud and has to go on national television with his wife to talk about when he lost his virginity. I mean, is that the world that we live in now? Right. Well, you you said it best. You know, uh, people people don't just wake up one day and say, well, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be a rapist today right. or, or, or or vice versa. People aren't yeah. rapist or sexual predators. And then just all stop. of a sudden they're just they're just not anymore. Yeah. And, and, and so that, that's what you have to you have to look at the rational <laughs> thoughts behind all of these things, uh, you know, the countless years of psychology studies of, of predators, uh, you know, yes. and, and characteristics of those. And, and but people don't want to do that. And also looking at the time frame of when these things apparently happened, high school and college. Now, let me preface again. This is not me saying that terrible things do not happen to women that should never happen during right. those time frames. Right. This is me saying that there is a legitimate difference of sexual assault and rape and just being a stupid kid mooning somebody going down the road, you know, and, and right. stuff like that. And, and you know, the, the 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 second accusation was the most ridiculous to me. They were playing a drinking game in college. It's probably like spin the bottle or something if we really have to break it down. But you're right. playing a drinking game and somewhere in there, somebody that you heard someone. We, we don't even know yeah. really who. Right, right. She heard someone yell. Kavanaugh's name or something, but she can't even fully remember what happened because she was intoxicated due to a drinking game. It's 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 lunacy to me. It's ridiculous. I can I was in the army for 12 years. I can tell you I went to Mardi Gras multiple times and got flashed against my will 
hundreds of times. Right. Are you going to file a police report? Or are you going to go to the press I about didn't that? I did ask for those women to flash me. I didn't have right. any beads. I did not initiate <laughs> any kind of contract for that thing. But yet I saw them. So I guess we need to go arrest or don't let any of those people be doctors or run for public office ever. I, right. I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. We don't even know. We don't even know if the allegation. So for those of you who don't know, the second allegation was it was uh, a piece by Ronan Farrow, whose journalism really started the whole Me Too movement. He has a lot of credibility, which is why a lot of people are frustrated that he came out with the second allegation. Uh, her last name is Ramirez. She says when she was at a party in high school, they were drunk, like Graham said. Apparently, apparently Kavanaugh uh, exposed himself to her. But here's the thing about that is that uh, Ramirez was found by these journalists. She didn't go to them, apparently found by these journalists. She had to wait six days after being found by these journalists to try to remember if it was really Kavanaugh who did this or not. And then apparently after six days of digging back into her memories of over 30 years ago, she said, oh, I know 100 percent. I know 100 percent it was Kavanaugh. Of course, this lady is a Democrat. She doesn't like Donald Trump and all of this stuff. Um, But you mentioned the Me Too movement. And what I'm afraid of is that me, the Me Too movement in an effort, maybe a genuine effort to um, embolden victims to speak out. It is now glorifying victimhood. It's now glorifying victims to the point to where people think that if they come out with accusations that are true or false, they are heroes. So when people say, oh, Christine Blasey Ford or uh, Ramirez don't have any reason to come out, this is embarrassing for them. They should be believed and should be brave. Well, it's not that brave because now you're going to get a you might get a book deal out of this. You might mm-hmm. you might make money out of this. You're going to be a martyr for the left, uh, for the anti-Trump resistance because of this. So there could be ulterior motives. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that you can. <laughs> I don't think when you look at they went to, you know, government officials first before local law enforcement, you can look at it as anything but, you know, politically charged motives right. <laughs> at that point. You, you know, I and, and that's the conversation I had just yesterday with with Mike, the cop who is a police officer. You know, I asked him, I said, hey, in, in your experience, I'm sure that as you know, a law enforcement officer, you've had to deal with things like this. Just so just from your professional viewpoint is this is this normal like is this is this a something that kind of happens and you know and and anyone that deals with this regularly will tell you you know this is this is not that's not how how it normally works you know if you if you feel you're a victim of sexual assault or, or rape and you do speak up most of the time it's to the police or it's to someone close to you who then contacts the police i, I mean it starts at the local law enforcement level about it right yeah. i mean you would think if you really want to punish the person who abused you and you really want something to happen that your first move wouldn't be to go to the press or wouldn't yeah. be to go to diane feinstein and then after that it's like these uh accusers are like oh, well the gop is politicizing me the gop is terrorizing me well well, no, one, no one should get issued death threats. So I'm, I'm not saying that I don't want them to be terrorized or harassed or anything like that. But you chose to come out at a political partisan time. You chose this moment and this avenue to come out with your story. And what did you think was going to happen? You knew yeah. it was going to be political. You, I mean, yeah. that that's the only reason you would have come out with this story is because you thought that it would sway 
Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation, right? And so, exactly. I mean, it, it is political. It just inherently is. So we can't be frustrated by the political consequences of it. No, I, I agree. And, and, and like you said, uh, there are people that I fundamentally on every level of who I am disagree with their thought processes and their beliefs and things. But but I don't wish death threats or of physical not. harm to anyone. But being in the space that we're in on our side of the fence, you almost want to say, well, welcome to the club, lady. <laughs> you, you know, right. I, I mean, we yeah, get that I, all the time. it sounds like a Tuesday to me is what it sounds like. And so, right. uh, yeah, I think that what has happened with this movement and this is this is getting off of just the current situation that we're in. Just in general, what has happened is it's creating an atmosphere where good men are going to be afraid to do anything right. over over fear that it could come back to haunt them. There uh, and and a a female friend of mine said this, there is a very distinct difference between uh trying to to make a move on, on a woman and maybe she says yes, maybe she says no and then forcing yeah, a move on a woman. Absolutely. You know, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting mad at people for trying. Yeah, you know what I mean? For like the, like for I, the I, normal I, things and I'm not saying obviously assault is not normal and forcing correct. yourself on a woman when she says no is not normal. Correct. But it's like it, you are starting, okay, are you going to condemn every teenage boy or every teenage couple that, you know, is making out or something and then maybe things get heated and afterwards the girl's like, you know, actually in retrospect, I kind of wish we hadn't gone that far and I kind of didn't want to. I mean, we've already kind of seen that where people publicize their bad dates and they make their date out to be the sexual assaulter when really it takes two to tango and yeah. you just didn't say no and now you regret it. That's not sexual assault. And we don't know if that's what happened with Kavanaugh, but I am afraid that that's the direction that we're going to go where, you know, I don't have kids yet, but my future son is um, condemned of something that he didn't do when he was either being a regular teenager. But obviously, I want my kids to respect every sex, no matter what. I want exactly. them to treat everyone with dignity and respect. But I am scared of raising boys in a time where they cannot do anything without being, you know, without being persecuted. I mean, you have kids. What do you think? I, ha I have three children that would not be here if I had taken the first no to a date right. uh, with their mom seriously or not. You know, I mean, I had to had to ask again and again and again and and, and wear her down, metaphorically speaking. You know, I, I just and, and that's the point. Right. Th think of every romantic comedy ever. Yeah. And, and there's this part in there where they're making googly eyes at each other. And then the guy sneaks a kiss real quick, you know, just 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 tries yeah. to sneak a kiss in there. Well, apparently that's sexual assault. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, apparently, apparently you should go to prison for that kind of thing. Right. And, and that's how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Every sports athlete that slaps another athlete on the butt because uh, they did something really, really good. Uh, th well, that's technically sexual assault. They didn't ask for you to touch them back there. You, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the ridiculous <laughs> yeah. road that we're going down. Yeah, it's absurd. And I just I know that you think about this as a dad. I don't. Do you have sons? I have I have two sons and the, the youngest is a girl. So I'm sure you kind of see it from both sides. It's like on the one hand, obviously, you want a world in which 
uh, your daughter is safe in which she's hanging out with guys that protect her and treat her with respect. And then on the other side, you also want a world in which your boys um, can be boys, respectful boys, wonderful boys, but you want them to be able to grow up in a time where it's not shameful to be a man, where it's not shameful to open a door for a woman and ask a woman on a date. So I'm sure that has to be kind of scary for parents. So do you have any advice for either parents or young men in how to grow up in a time like this? I think that, and I will try to, I will try to remain as unbiased as I can in this conversation. I think that, you know, as a parent, you have to remove your emotions sometimes as the parent, and you have to look at it as real life. And I won't say any names, but, but I will say a situation of a friend of mine who has much older children. They're now grown children. Uh, and they had a situation where the daughter was in high school and was a lot younger than a senior in high school, and and there was a situation that ended up happening. That, that there ended up being, you know, uh, you can read between the lines there, and you know, legally maybe that uh, there might have been a, a situation to ruin this senior's life if they wanted to. But but at the end of the day, it was two people in high school, both consented to uh, you know a thing and stuff, and, and so you have to weigh those things. Is, is this truly? Uh, yeah, it's it, it sucks from a dad point of view to think that you know your little girl is you know had sex with another person. Yeah. But is this really rape and, and sexual assault in, in this regard? Is it worth ruining someone's life? Yeah. Over these situations, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, the sexual uh, offenders list is riddled with people that were 17 uh, or, or that were 18 and another person was 17 and, and the parents pursue legal action against these people. I mean, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're I, all over the place. And, 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 I think and we, Yeah. And I think we both agree that in real cases of sexual assault and rape that person's life deserves to be ruined. Like, I think we yes, both agree completely. that rapists should have everything done to them that they've ever done. Like, I think there's exactly. a special place in hell for people yes. who rape and sexually abuse someone. That's just the most egregious thing that you can do against someone. But I mm -hmm. also think that there's a special place in hell, not, you know, not literally, I'm not getting into theological stuff here, but right. a special place in hell for people who falsely accuse people of being rapists or of being sexual abusers. Sexual abuse is wrong. Real instances of that is wrong. You deserve to go to jail. You deserve to be punished. Your life deserves to be taken away. But also exaggerating those claims or falsifying those claims, you deserve just as much. Um, I just exactly. I just think it's a shame. And in this case with Kavanaugh, there there's no evidence. And I gosh, I just feel for his family. I, I do, too. And, and I agree with everything you just said. You know, anyone who actually commits those crimes, both male and female, yes. mind you, uh, because it does happen the other way around. You know, it's just far less heard about. But right. that's neither here nor there. Right. The problem is we have two issues. One, we've lost the real understanding of what actual rape and actual sexual assault is. And then two, we have it's almost revenge tactics or or chess game tactics that we're using those accusations for ulterior motive, motives at this point. And, and that's the problem is we're holding people's lives in our hands based off accusations for whatever the real reason is that we're throwing those accusations around in the first place. Right. Just be smart, 
love each other, treat each other with dignity and respect and tell the truth. And it's all going to be okay. I wish it was just that simple that we probably wouldn't be in this mess if that was the case. Well, yeah, we, we probably wouldn't have jobs either if it was the case, if everybody loved each other. That's <laughs> true. We wouldn't have anything to be outraged about. We wouldn't have anything to talk about. That's true. Exactly. Well, Graham, thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, all the places they can follow you? Yeah. So you can uh, just look me up, Graham Allen, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and then it's uh, Rant Nation on CRTV. Perfect. Thank you so much, Graham. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. That is all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I promise that Thursday's podcast is going to be in response to the stupid, stupid, I say this in the most loving way, the stupid Jen Hatmaker post that we have all just been rolling our eyes about, about her, quote, working faith ethic and the radically inclusive gospel that she thinks is real. I will talk about why that is a figment of her imagination and why it is so dangerous for millions of women to be following. Okay, uh, happy Tuesday. Have a great rest of your day. 